We did that shit podcast. Please enjoy part two of autism awareness. It does. You know, I think one of the biggest things that I had to learn was that, you know, Xavier has to live his best life for him. Like what his best life means to him and not what it means to me. Um, And then moms tend to be more emotional. My baby. Oh, you know, this and that. And so I really had to step away from that because like you, what if, and Maya does this to me all the time. She drills me down. Yes, I do. That's why I asked the question. You have this in place. Well, what, what, did you try this? Well, why, you know, what's going to happen? What if something happened to you? You know, she's always asking you know, about what about Jiggy? He's fortunate to have a sibling. Um, and my daughter, she, you know, they have this great sibling relationship. So, um, and she's already stated like, you know, that's my brother. She's always protected him. She took him to her prom, everything. So wow, I am fortunate. Yeah. And I mean, and she was like, clear. he cleared the dance floor with all his Michael Jackson moves. Everything was crazy. <laughs> but, <laughs> um so, but it, as he progresses through the school system and those IEP meetings that you mentioned, they happen mm-hmm. annually and they should. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of things that services that they can get. And when they're in school, everything that Jiggy was entitled to, and I felt like it would better him, I made sure that he got it. You can't tell me no. I, you know, yeah. you know, so I took advantage of all the programs that they had to offer unless, you know, you know, talking about Will Smith, because Jiggy, if he object, if he he is not going to do what he doesn't want to do is as simple as that. And even as a young person, he was like that, you know. Um, yeah, my son's starting to get like that, too. He, he told me one day, I, I just wanted to do what I want to do. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, don't we all go to bed. <laughs> yes. Um, But as they age out of the system, um, Mm -hmm. Xavier could have graduated at 18, but he didn't because he literally did not go to school for like four years straight. He I could not get him to go to school. We later found out it was because another student at the school was a screamer. And Mm -hmm. uh, my son's very sensitive to noise and he just could not. He would go maybe like once every other month or something. The kid was still there. He come. He wouldn't go back. Um, So. Fortunately, you can stay in school until you're 21. Xavier, I was what was important to me is that he learned it. You know, right. if you teach him algebra, he can learn algebra. You teach him calculus, he can learn calculus. Xavier can read, write, do arithmetic. He can do all of that stuff. You know, he mm-hmm. reads recipes, cooks his own meals. He makes movies on YouTube. He, you know, all of the stuff he does on his own. He reads directions. He reads, I, I can't even take him to Barnes and Nobles anymore because his books cost a lot of money now. I used to right. get a little book. <laughs> but um, so as long as he, he can do what he can do to function, mm-hmm. you know, um, he's still a man. Jiggy's a man, you know, and he protects yeah. his face and he protects children and he protects women. You know, for real. So yeah. I, I don't feel like somebody will like take advantage of him, like maybe money wise, because he still doesn't understand like the concept of money and the value of money. Um, mm-hmm. So we're still working on that. Um, but as he was aging out, 
um, the the case managers and stuff at the school taught me about like guardianship and things like that. And guardianship is something you literally have to apply for when your child turns 18 or you're not able to make decisions for them. And in New Jersey, it's very difficult to get because you have to go to court and say, you know, my child has diminished capacity. I need to make decisions. And then somebody meets with them and do it, does an evaluation and they'll say, I see what you're saying, but they can make decisions for themselves. So I do not have guardianship over Xavier. I, I don't. Okay. So do you have to wait? A question is for you, babe. Do you have to wait until the person to the child is 18 to get? Yes, guardianship? Because that's when you're of eight. That's, that's when you're of age. You age. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Wow. Yeah. That yeah. So sense. you start the process and they help you in the schools. Like if the decent ones, they'll help you. Um, with the process and stuff and following the paperwork and stuff like that. But then of course, you know, we're parents, we care about our children. We want to protect them. We want to help them. And we, you know, do all these things. And then, you know, we get before the mediator and Jiggy's like, yeah, well, I live over here. I do this. And I like to do that. And you may be like, well, who's your emergency contact? And then he was like, well, what's that? And they explained what emergency contact was. He was like, well, isn't that you? Yeah. Well, that's her. You know, I did this, this, this. And they looking at me like, why do you want guardianship? <laughs> Um, but so it's, it's about a relationship really, mm -hmm. you know, so he, he, he trusts me to make decisions. Xavier lives independently. He can live independently. Okay. You know, I got him an apartment. He wouldn't move in it at first. He was all right with it. And then he wouldn't move in the apartment. <laughs> okay. So, did, he, did he eventually move in? No, I moved out. <laughs> so Jiggy was living in the house and Maya screamed on me about that. But um, yes. I just wanted to I know. <laughs> yes, I, just, I am. I am like, you know, like not saying that you aren't because obviously you are. You're his mother. But I am another advocate for him. I just I, I know what, what I'll say is, is this for you guys. You are parents. You're thinking of things in a nurturing type of way to make sure that your child is OK. I'm always thinking about it. And especially going through what I went through. I don't have autism, but going through what I went through of losing my parents, you always need your parents. So to me, it is a question. You know, it's just like you don't want to have those questions. I mean, you don't want to have those conversations with people like, what do you want your final life to be like? How do you want to be buried? You know, do you have life insurance? Those are things that you just try to avoid because, you know, you just don't want to think about it. But when you have a child and I and it's not like you two are the only people who I know who have children with special needs I'm saying mm -hmm. that to them too like so what you going what do you got something in place when you ain't here what's going to happen to these kids because to me if you 50 you still the kids you know what I'm saying so it's like yeah. what 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 is going to happen that was the reason why I asked you the question of you know your baby is seven but are you thinking further ahead are you thinking about that I also wanted mm -hmm. to ask you about like yeah. You know, mm -hmm. like speaking from a, a, a father's point of view, uh, how are you feeling in this whole thing? I mean, like, I, I know that like the, the B said, excuse me, when you have a a mother, it's a difference than it is a father. You know, fathers are normally, uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I can speak only about my own daddy. He was, he was a little bit more rough than my mom was, you know, it was like mm -hmm. with the girls, it's like. What you going, you know, it's, it's, it's just a difference, you know. So as a father, how are you feeling? Um, 
how are you managing, uh, you know, like, what are your thoughts? Is there anything that you want to get out in particular? You know, like, just speaking from a father's point of view. Um. Well, first off, I, I take I take things one day at a time. I try to because I I'm very analytical, mm-hmm. so I'm thinking years and years ahead. But we're not there yet, you know. Mm-hmm. So we got to get we have to get there first. Mm-hmm. So you know, I try to exert some sort of um, patience and just deal with what I have to deal with right now. While you know, in the background, I'm still thinking about the future. Um, currently right now, I guess my, my concern with him is, all right, so something my wife uncovered, cause we noticed he was starting to run and go to the bathroom a lot. So she looked it up and it was like, you know, children who have a neurological disorder and maybe not even just exclusive to children, but definitely children when they're feeling anxious or a level of anxiety, they'll have to run and go to the bathroom. Like sort of like if somebody like is like scared to death and they end up like urinating on themselves or whatever, like he'll, he'll just have to jump up and run to the bathroom. We notice he was just going to the bathroom a lot. So it, my thoughts are like always for him. Like I, I don't know what he feels like internally. And I just want to be able to understand him. Mm-hmm. So because he, was showing signs of anxiety. It it made me wonder if I should go get him a uh, a psychologist now mm-hmm. because I don't want any differences that he may feel develop into like a depression. Mm-hmm. And he feels like so different from everyone else and he starts to become withdrawn. I want him to be able to keep his spirit. I know all parents feel this way, but he's a beautiful person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of things that, you know, we're told that children with autism either will or won't be. Right. That hasn't been his case, his story. Right. He does have emotions that he shows. His eye contact is not always the greatest, but it's decent. And he's very empathetic, mm-hmm. like very empathetic. Like if, if he were to see either one of you sobbing, crying, he's gonna run over to you and, and like rub your back and tell you don't don't cry, it's gonna be okay. No, you need him to be here with me. So <laughs> seriously, I'm telling you, I listen. I'm trying not to be so fearful of everything, mm-hmm. but I guess it's just concern. I just I want him to be and feel normal, whatever normal is for him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I've kind of gotten out of the mind frame of, like, wanting his life to play out a certain type of way. I just want him to be happy, whatever his definition of happy is. Right. Yep. I I just, I don't don't want his life to be difficult, any any more difficult than it is already going to be because of, like, who and what he is. Those those are my concerns. Am I disappointed that he's not the most athletic person? Not really. You know, um, again, he can't live for me. He has to live for him. I want him to be happy. But what does he like, Dave? Does he have something that he likes a lot? Or that he's, is he into video games or dinosaurs or chicken nuggets? (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
he likes every he likes being outside. He likes everything. He likes amusement parks. He like anything. He likes driving. Well, not he doesn't drive obviously, but he likes when we go for drives. Like he's always asking, "Can he go on the highway?" Like he'll he'll tell me, um, you know, Dad, I want to hang out with you. I want to hang out in your car. I want to I want to go on the highway, and then we can we can go get pizza. We can go pick up Uncle Ty, and we can hang out. So he's like, you know, can I watch the game with you? I'm like, well, you, you want to watch the game at home, or you want to you want to go to the game? No, I, I just want to watch it at home. Okay. I'm gonna I'm go get my blanket, and we're gonna sit on the couch and watch the game. So that's he, nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot cheaper. No, no line in the bathroom. None of that, so. <laughs> no, but he he's he's a fun kid. Like he he likes kid stuff. I mean, it's some stuff I kind of am waiting for him to grow out of. Some of the toys he chooses to play with and the way he plays mm-hmm. is, you know, like all right, man, you're getting a little bit too big to be doing X, Y, and Z. But you know, just trying to be patient with him. Mm-hmm. he's processing things the way he needs to process them. And I'm trying to get closer to him that way. Like I, I I'm striving for more um, personal understanding of him. Like I, I, I really would like to know how he's feeling. So with him being communicative and him telling me things like things are hard for him. Like I know what he said. I, I, I wish I knew exactly what he meant by that. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it really is just that it's hard. Like I, you know, <laughs> I would like to know like what when you say it's hard. Like what do you mean though? Mm-hmm. Like where do you where do you feeling? Or is it just nerves? Is it just anxiousness, anxiety? And if mm-hmm. that's the case, then you know what can I do to help ease that? Because again, I don't want that to fester into something bigger, and it ends up turning into like some sort of a depression that he's not able to express. Mm-hmm. I'm probably worrying a little bit too much about. No, so, you're not. I think that you're doing parenthood. Parent parent I don't think that it I don't think that anything that you have said to uh during this podcast is anything that a parent wouldn't be thinking of whether their child was autistic or not. Right. I think that you as well as conversations that I have with the B are expressing things that anybody would express, right? And I, I mm-hmm. think that children with autism like you said your child is not the most athletic. That baby could not have autism and not be the most athletic. Yeah. You and know, you don't know. You right. don't know yet. Right. You have a lot more to go. I, I I don't know if you could speak a little bit to this bit, but when, when Jiggy was smaller, I'm sure that you may have had fears that he wouldn't do a lot of things and look at him go. And I was told, I was told, like, he probably won't be able to do this. He probably won't do that. He probably won't do this. And I'm so glad that I didn't, um, and some of the things, you know, I'm sitting here listening to you, and I'm like, man, Jiggy didn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so you have, you know, even more than I did, because I think that if Jiggy would have been more expressive. Maybe I feel like I could have um, done more, but at least he's expressive. Like Jiggy is just like more of a, you know, yes, no. It was like, we always like, this is the plan. This is what we're going to do today. He doesn't stray too far from schedules, never has. And it's crazy. And I know this sounds crazy, but as soon as he learned to read, it was all downhill from there because he felt like he could get all his information for himself. He don't need to talk to nobody else about it. 
And, you know, he processes what he reads and he understood, he read it, understood it very young. So even mm-hmm. when um, the letter came and it said to the parents of, you know, it wasn't, he, but he just knew it was his mail. You know, yeah. but it said to the parents of, and so yeah, he would he always his name was like, "Oh, this is mine." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he would always read the letter that says, um, "You're on bus route this, and you know you're going from here to this school, and this is what time your bus comes." So if the bus, if it says the bus will arrive daily between seven thirty-five and seven forty-five, mm-hmm. that's when the bus can come. Mm-hmm. If the bus was early, Jiggy would stand at the door and look at the bus. <laughs> And then okay. at 7.35, he would walk yeah. out. And so he was very literal. Very. Very, and very literal. And one time I changed the clocks in the house, the stove, the microwave, the clock downstairs. I changed all the clocks. <laughs> and he was like, and this is how regimented he is. He Because mm-hmm. he, he gets up, he does everything, and I guess he has a time. So something happened. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't I don't remember what happened, but he was like, or somebody must have drove by or something. And he was like, and he and I saw him, he was like, <laughs> and, he That's room, and he went in the living room and turned on the TV. And he saw he said, really time, the time is wrong. He was like, the time is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So 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 he was very, very regimented. Mm-hmm. And um, so it, it, you don't know what's gonna become, but um after we got through pu- puberty, puberty was rough for, you know, was rough. You know, like a mm-hmm. poor guy had all these feelings going on and no guy around to help him out. And I don't know what's going on. Like, boy, is you crazy? <laughs> like, hold on now. You got the rest of your life to be autistic, but I'm about to knock you out. Like, <laughs> like autism and puberty is the devil. I listen. <laughs> I don't know what. (laughs) Autism and puberty is the unadulterated devil. I don't know what was going on with this boy. And, um, you know, and I was raised in the house. My my brother is seven years older than me. So I don't Mm -hmm. remember all his puberty stuff, whatever. So this was all new to me. And the doctor is like, man, this is teenage boy. This is not autism. This is Um, but you know, we, we made it. And, um, I, I'm just sitting here, you're talking, and I'm like, wow, Jiggy could have expressed some things to me. Like when he said his first words, I want cereal, like I jumped up, I made the cereal. I was just wanted to let you know, like if you tell me, you know, I can yeah. do that for you, but he's not, he's never been in everything he did, just like when DJ started going to the bathroom, everything he did, he did on his own. One day mm-hmm. I was sitting at my dining room table working, and I, I thought the whole ceiling was going to collapse. And I ran upstairs to see what was going on. And um, Jiggy had taken a shower. And I was like, what are you doing? And he was like, I take showers now. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have a shower curtain in his bathroom because he never took showers. He always took baths. And I said, well, Jiggy, who, who taught you how to take a shower? He was like. I taught myself, like, I ain't gonna yeah. this, you know, and then I'm like, okay, now I gotta get the ceiling repaired and everything, but okay, like, now he takes showers, so, um, they just, he just kind of came into his own self yeah. in a lot of ways, you know, but I enjoy, you know, what he expresses to me that he enjoys, I, I encourage that, you know, you want to play basketball, let's play basketball, you want to, mm-hmm. and then he played tennis, and he was very good at tennis, him and his partner won all the doubles oh, championships, wow stuff in the special olympics and then he was like oh no i'm good it's like with him it's like okay i tried that i'm good at it Um, 
Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm noticing that with him too. Like he'll be hot on something for a minute, and then it'll just be like I don't do that no more. <laughs> and that's he will harass Erica for like these um these birthday cake muffins. He calls them rainbow muffins because they got like the little colorful sprinkles in them. Mm-hmm. So she went to Sam's Club and like brought a bunch of them. One day he got like maybe a quarter through them and was just like I don't like these no more. <laughs> and really, he spent all your money. She pack it in his in his lunchbox, and mm-hmm. when he comes home, it'll still be in there. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't, I don't eat that no more. So, yeah, I, I guess I gotta finish them now. So. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sounds to me like regular kids. Yeah. Um, um, you guys touched on early intervention, which. Uh, mm-hmm seems like it is it works wonders um that was that was hard at first that was it hard. was hard for you what do you mean hard yeah um just watching him struggle through it because he just really didn't want to do it mm-hmm. just like seeing like little things it just wasn't right like he i guess just the way his his mind was like trying to process things so we have a um a basement and it's it's not a huge basement, but it's 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 kind of sectioned off. It's like one section is just open space, and another section, it's you know a, a couch, like a sofa, and two love seats, and then a TV. Mm-hmm. And I think before we had the second couch down here, he would just come down here and just run and run and run and run and run. This is before he was diagnosed, but he would just run around the um the basement. So I was trying to get him in like into like one section. So I put the two couches next to each other and then it's like a wall. So it kind of like cut the basement off in half. Mm-hmm. And he stopped and looked and just sat on the floor and just cried because he just could not get it together. Like how did the space just get so small? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of hard to watch, but like, so when early intervention will come over, they would usually meet in the basement because, mm-hmm. you know, it was just space down here. And, um, he just, he didn't want to do the exercises they were trying to get him to do. And I just, you know, this was like early. This was actually before he even was officially diagnosed. This was like even when we just started seeing like some things that we didn't think were exactly right or typical. But they, you know, they worked for, with him. Um, the school he went to after that, uh, Cherrywood Academy in Blackwood, New Jersey, they, um, they were good. Okay. Um, I actually credit them for getting him to like where he is now. He's a completely different kid than he was when we first put him in there. Mm. Uh, he wasn't talking or anything yet. And he, I don't know what they do in there, but it's working. Whatever it is, it, it is working and it, mm. it has worked. Like now he doesn't go there. He aged out of that school. Mm-hmm. So he, he's actually mainstream. Now he goes to an inclusive school, the elementary school. Oh, wow. like, house. Good. That's, that's really good. That's really mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Now with the couches, I'm sorry, Maya, this is this is this is serious now. It's okay. With the couches, mm-hmm. uh, because you know they don't like change. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they they don't adjust to change well. I can't change yeah. anything with Jiggy. So I, I think sometimes it's it's we think that we're doing something better, protecting, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, mm-hmm. but they just see the change and it's really you know and he cried he like physically cried did you move yeah the, i think I, I think i have a video of it still and you didn't move the couches back 
No, because he was running around too much. It was like you got us. Like you can't keep running around. Like we, he would just do things with no direction, mm. whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And it was just like mm-hmm. I, I, I'm pretty observant, mm-hmm. so I'm comparing him to other kids. And I have a, a friend of mine that I went to high school with, and I think our sons are maybe two or three weeks apart. I think her son is two or three weeks older than my son. And I'm like, why don't you bring your son over? And I just want to see how how they play together, if they play together. And I just remember, because she wasn't driving at the time, so I went to go pick her up. She didn't live too far from me. And when I pulled up and just saw them sitting outside waiting for me, like he was, her, her son was actually sitting down on the step, patiently waiting. And I, I knew from that moment that, you know, something was not exactly right with my son because I'm like, there's no way in the world he's going to sit anywhere. And you didn't think that he was just uh, um, like, I, I think that I'm just listening to you guys talk and I'm thinking about other people's children and just the way that you were um, paying attention. So I'm not saying other people don't pay attention to the kids. I'm not saying that, mm-hmm. but I don't think that people pay attention so much where they would think that something was going on. Like I, you didn't think nothing, nowhere in your mind thought, well, my baby is just rambunctious or he's just, you know, not because kids don't sit still. So I don't, I, I don't, might just think, they, right. They don't, but it was just a way it was happening. Okay. I, and it was a, it was a feeling that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to get deep. Like I just, I can see the, like, I just, it didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. It, it just didn't feel right. And again, I have a hypersensitivity to it because I know so many people who have been impacted by it. And, you know, I was an older parent. You know, I had my, you know, my wife had my son when I was 39. So it's like I'm a full grown adult. Like I'm really paying attention to stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm maybe, maybe 29, I wouldn't have caught it so early. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Well, I will say this. I will say this, Dave. Um, speaking from my own experience, I will say that I wish I enjoyed more of the journey. I wish that I had worried less because mm-hmm. seeing Jiggy now and the person that he is, he brings so much joy to our life. He's mm-hmm. he's hilarious. He really he really is. I mean, he is who he is. Um, mm-hmm. He is my patience. I say that all the time. Xavier, he taught me patience. Um, and I wish I would have worried less and enjoyed more. And it seems like you have more to enjoy because DJ is more interactive than Jiggy, you know, ever was um, mm-hmm. with me or, you know, with the parent, you know, with all the, you know, good little mommy stuff that we like to do. But when I look at him today, I, he's a black man. I see a black man and I just exactly. want to protect him. And I want him to know, like, you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't, you know, um, so we have those conversations. But enjoy the journey. I mean, and and Mm -hmm. because things are going to. And first of all, DJ is cute. It's all get out. So Mm -hmm. you won't have the girl. He goes to an inclusive school. So you won't have the chicks. The little it's, girl, it's funny. It's funny that you said that. <laughs> <laughs> he he came home and and told us a little story, and I'm listening to the story, and I'm like, he doesn't even understand that these little girls was fighting over him in the playground. Uh, yeah. 
Uh-uh. They fast. They probably was like, you. <laughs> 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 yeah. I'm listening to the story and he, you know, he he's he's telling he's telling me and he's you know he's telling Erica and they, he walks away and I'm like, did you get that the way I got it? And she was like, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she had a she had a different reaction. I'm like, and she's like <laughs> Yeah, she got the reaction I got fast ass. Yes, because he is handsome. Well, thank that you. boy is cute. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is. But you know what, Dave? You you touched on a lot of things today. I think that one of the bigger things is is pay attention to your children, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. from an early age. Be sure that you are you know, really paying attention. I think that, um, we can get caught up in, uh, you know, oh, your babies, they just doing baby things. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I think that making sure that your children are hitting milestones, making sure that, you know, you said the most important thing, you just had a feeling, you know, an intuition, especially from a parent's point of view is everything, you know, listen to yourself, listen to your gut, pay attention to your children and make sure that when you are paying attention, if your child needs a little bit more help, that you could get them a little bit more help. Because as we are finding out from your story and early intervention is everything from, uh, you know, DJ not talking to now, having girls fight over them. Uh, um, and, and, and so, you know, I mean, it, it, it makes a difference. And we see in our own Jig's life, it has truly made a difference in what he has been able to accomplish over um, time. And mm-hmm. also like paying attention to, to what it is that you feel that your child needs, you know, being a strong advocate for your child sounds to me that you and your wife are doing a great job in that regards. We know baby that you did a great job um, in that regards and being an advocate for your child, uh, fighting for them and going the extra mile. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I think that you two, if I, I'll say it, not just because I know y'all, not just because you're family, but you're doing an awesome job, what you're able to accomplish with your children. And I, I think that both of you are, you know, raising some wonderful children. And well, now you with an adult, uh, but he's still a kid to me. And um um, yeah, I just think that this was just an important conversation to have. I am so glad that we had you back and we were able to have it. As we're wrapping up, I did want to ask one other thing, though. Do you guys have any like support groups or support resources that you can give and tell people? I know like with social media, y'all know how I feel about social media is the gift and the curse um, right. with social media you know, you're able to connect with people who are going through the same things that you're going through. But do you guys have any tools or resources or anything that you can um, let people know? I know a lot of people lean on um, organizations like Autism Speaks and things of that nature uh, for myself, again, because I know of, of a good amount of people who are dealing with this. I, I find myself leaning on them. I was put in touch uh, with this guy that I befriended um, who was basically going through the same thing. And he's like an advocate for autism. And he was great with just giving me somebody to talk to from 
a dad's point of view because I really didn't have too many, you know, men I could talk to and just that I did, you know, can relate to and identify with. So, you know, in the, in the very beginning, I talked to him a lot. He, uh, you know, gave me some direction, gave me some advice and like what to do and shared his story with me. And I was able to eat to meet his uh, his family and his son. This His son is progressing very well. You know, he's a little shy, but, you know, you wouldn't even really think anything when you met him other than he was just a little quiet. Mm. Um, but as far as I can tell, he's he's doing very well, you know, now. I probably need to call him, check in on him because I haven't talked to him in a little while. But I've been basically using the the local resources I have. I haven't really leaned a, a whole lot onto uh, a bunch of organizations. Um, I know my wife ended up connecting with some people from, you know, one or two groups and actually, you know, befriended some of them also. And I, I met, well, actually, the two people she really connected with, I, I, um, I got friendly with the one guy and the and the other guy I didn't realize he was the ex husband. Like she she was she befriended the woman, the, mm-hmm. the mom. Mm-hmm. And her ex husband was my old boss. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I used to work for. Her. So I no. I had no idea that his son was on the spectrum and, and vice versa. So for a little while I, you know, I touched base with him and, and kind of talked to him. He gave me his perspective and just, you know, encouraged me to stay with the school because they did a lot for his son as well. So his son is a, a couple of years older than than DJ, though. Yeah, I feel like, um, I don't know, you know, Jiggy's 27. And when he was first diagnosed, they gave him that um, PPD, NOS, pervasive development disorder, not otherwise specified. He couldn't even get a diagnosis until he was five. So um, that... Oh, wow. Yes, that before that's how it used to be, because they felt like um, they had time to grow out of these behaviors. And if they hadn't grown out of it by the time they turned five, then they would get an autism diagnosis. So um, so there was a group called Parents of Autistic Children Together. And I think now the group is called Solving the Puzzle. I'm not sure, but I still get the emails. And if I have a question, I Mm -hmm. uh, I can you know, post a question on the group and everybody will get it. Um, you know, the administrators approve it and they'll send it out to the email listserv and people will respond um, if you have a need. But I found those groups to be, you know, not specifically for me because, you know, I'm in, I'm a single mom. I have two children. Um, mm-hmm. We live in the inner city. Like, you know, it's just different, you know, right. it, it's just different. And so I've, really relied on um family you know people that love me and love my son and mm-hmm. um when it came to school i literally did that little booklet they give you for special education um and maybe that's something that we can delve into a little more on another podcast my is i read that book from cover to cover and i actually sued my district when i read all of the things that they're supposed to be doing um you know to help a child with special needs. It doesn't matter what the special need is. If your child has an IEP, they're entitled to a lot of things. And I wanted to make sure that my son received all the things that he was entitled to. And I literally took them to court and they were represented by an attorney and I still got what I wanted. And so I tell people all the time, you know, don't get Harvey Johnson because I beat him. (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, I, um, but, um, you know, it's, so I really feel like, yeah, you have to to delve into people. And, and it's nice that you can connect with other dads, because I think that if, if Jiggy's dad would have had that, it may have been better for him. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a, a different outcome because, you know, his father, my ex-husband was, you know, he, he dealt with like embarrassment, um, shame, because, you know, he had a son with special needs. You know, men may have, it's, it's especially a father with their son, you know, it's yeah. just like a, a difference. So, um, but yeah, I just, like, we could go on forever, but I'm just so encouraged about DJ. He's going, by the time he hit high school, he's going to be like a starer. He, he's gonna be <laughs> but, you know what I mean? So I'm just encouraged um, for you and for him. And there's a lot of things and we could go on and on, but I think we got to wrap up eventually. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yes, well, well, we do have to wrap up eventually. But, you know, I mean, like it's important information because you never know who could be out there, who could be listening to this and who could be experiencing a lot of the same things. Don't know where to turn, don't know what to do, don't know what to look for. Um and so, you know, I think conversations like this are just important to have, um, especially because, you know, both of you could speak from a different point of view. You have an adult and Dave has a child. It was different back when Jiggy was young and, and what it is now, you know. So, again, that, you know, just to wrap it up, Dave, did mm-hmm. you want to say anything before you, you went? Thank you. This this was therapeutic. Oh, good. Thank you. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Always, always good to connect and, um, you know, talk and subject matter was great. So thank you for having me. And thank you so much for coming on. We truly appreciate you. Um, You know, your family to us and anytime that you want to come on and give us updates um on dj and, and and just give some good information and some goodness about uh you know where he's progressing to we would love to have you on and we'll yeah. definitely have you back um and I, I think this was good i i you know again we want to say thank you uh just to wrap things up and put a bow on it, you know, make sure again, that you're paying attention to your children, um, that you're looking at those milestones that you are advocating for your children in any kind of way that you're making sure that they get all of the resources that they, um, are entitled to, whether they have special needs or not. And, um, I just want to close by saying that the key word in that is special. You know, special needs. That means the kids are special indeed. That rhymed, and I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but it did. Um, <laughs> you got to get out of here. She's a me. rapper. Yeah, you know, talented up in this joint. Do you, do you have anything else, uh, Bib, that you want to say before we get out of here for the week? I mean, I don't have to say it, but I will. Um, because we do, people do reach out to us a lot, but if you have any questions, want some resources, opinions, anything, you can reach out, um, to us on the podcast, on all of our social media platforms. We know how to get in touch with Dave. If you want to connect with Dave, you know, we'll send your questions to Dave. Um, I mean, it'd be nice to have a little dad support group. 
once a month. I don't know. I'm just saying. So, um, <laughs> so um, you know, anyone can reach out if they want additional information. Yeah, that's use the podcast to be a, 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 a bridging gap. And with that, we're going to go ahead and get on out of here for the week. Again, thanks to our special guest, Dave. And thanks for all of the information that we received this week uh, for the wonderful world of autism. Uh, make sure that you show your support because April, again, is Autism Awareness Month. Uh, we'll be posting little tidbits on our social media. Remember that we drop a new episode each and every Monday. You can find us everywhere, anywhere you can listen to a podcast. Follow us on social media at We Did That Shit, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Remember, be great this week. Do that shit. I love you, Maya. Love you, too. I love you, too, Dave. I love y'all. Thank you. Oh, we love you, Dave.